0: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Tag Talk. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. We have quite the episode planned for you this week. Uh, I just wanted to point out I'm wearing a Brizango shirt because they'll always have a place in my heart. Um, I love them both dearly, but should we just get on into it? or should Yes. Okay. Well, we have quite a lot to talk about this week um, and a lot of things that I think you know, we got a lot of good things to talk about this week, which is a bit of a change up uh, and then we'll finish on a sour note, but that's okay. That's how <laughs> we do things. That's how we do things here, apparently. So let's talk about FTR and the Briscoes. I know it seems like we talk about them every week, but it's like every week we're getting something new. So I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, We had this like special interview segment. Uh It wasn't on Dynamite because apparently the Briscoes can't be on. TNT or TBS. Uh, it was just like an internet thing. Uh, we had a confrontation between FTR and the Briscoes. And basically, now the match at Death Before Dishonor on July 23rd is two out of three falls. Um, I don't, listen, I'm not going to turn down two out of three falls, but I'm wondering what the story here is. Why mm-hmm. the second match is our two out of three falls? It's a little odd. I thought they would have saved that for, you know, our third match.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say, I really enjoyed, like, this, like, video segment thing. I wish they would do more stuff like that. I just thought, like, aesthetically it was really cool mm-hmm. and something different. Um, but I'm a little confused, too. Um, I, I mean, I genuinely like the idea, um, and I think they kind of set it up in the segment as well, where they said, like, the first um, match was for the titles, and now this is for, like, the Legacy, which I really like. Um, I just wonder, is this going to top their other two-thirds fall match?
0: I don't know. And then that's the thing. Like, if you go deep into, like, well, FTR and the Briscoes, if you go deep into their lore, this is a match stipulation that they both have a history with and has been so impactful for them as tag teams. And I'm like, this match is definitely going to go an hour, I think. That, I think that's what they're they're definitely shooting for. Because as pay-per-view, there's not a whole lot on it so far. Uh, and it'll undoubtedly be great. And I think they'll really push themselves to the limit. I just, one, I'm worried about the future of FTR in Ring of Honor. Um, I thought that it would be short-lived, but... I guess they're just going to stick around. And that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about next with the the AW World Tag Team titles. Um, As for the Briscoes, they're kind of still doing a lot of stuff outside of Ring of Honor. And I'm not sure if they're going to be signed to Ring of Honor. I'm not sure uh, with this Warner reports that Warner doesn't want um, the Briscoes on, you know, their programming because of some problematic tweets in the past. Uh, I don't know where Ring of Honor falls under that. We still don't have mm-hmm. Ring of Honor Weekly TV, mm-hmm. which if you want to hear me talk about that with my co-host Kyle, watch Code of Honor podcast on Body Slam Net YouTube. We talk about that in depth. Uh, but anyway, back to FTR and the Briscoes. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they differentiate each fall from the other one inside mm-hmm. of the match, because that's something that FTR slash The Revival did a really great job of in NXT, uh, but also how they're going to top the last match in ways that aren't just time. Because mm-hmm. you can go long and it can be boring. But like how are you going to make it more exciting? It really make me buy into the stakes of it. Because these are both teams that don't really have a solid footing in Ring of Honor despite FTR being Ring of Honor World Tag Champs.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think some of my favorite um moments in like uh 2 out of 3 fall matches is kind of when they rope you in from the start, and, like, a team gets a fall, like, right at the beginning, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like stuff like that, but I'm not, I'm not sure, because these are two very strong teams. I'm not sure how it's gonna go, but I'm excited. Yeah, it would be really
0: interesting uh, how they pace this, because, yeah. A lot of times in these matches, it's basically a given that the last fall is going to come very close to the end. Yeah. It's going to be like a last second thing. There's there's probably going to be a 60 minute time limit. It'll be like minute 59 or something like that. But the other two, I mean, you could have the Briscoes come straight out of the gate and get that first pin and then have FTR crawl back and get the second mm-hmm. one somewhere in the middle. But it would be really interesting if FTR gets that first pin and we see the Briscoes crawl back and get another. I definitely think FTR is going to win this. Yeah. Um, Especially because the Briscoes' future on, you know, Warner programming is so unclear. And they're doing so many other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think FTR is going to win this. But that that leads me to another question. And we didn't plan to talk about this, but uh, we did talk about this on the Ring of Honor podcast, Code of Honor cast. Uh, if FTR retains and they're Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Who's next to challenge them? There's no tag division in Ring of Honor. There's no tag division, and there's virtually no women's division. So who's next? Do, do we see a debut here where a tag team comes out and challenges? Do we see mm-hmm. Do we see FTR issue a challenge on Twitter to someone? Like, where do we go from here? Because it definitely feels like this is stagnant. This, this, is, this is definitely the Young Bucks Lucha Bros of, like, the early AW days. This is that, but for Ring of Honor, where we just get a bunch of matches just because we need we need great matches.
1: That's a good question. I mean, I would like to see maybe a debut here just to kind of set up Ring of Honor some more. Because um, yeah. I feel like if you're just going to keep having like pay-per-view shows, like you kind of need to start building a division. I mean, I feel like you yeah. can't keep taking like AEW talent and like putting it on, you know,
0: yeah, I definitely see what you mean. Um, I don't know if like when or if we're going to get Ring of Honor TV, or Hopefully. if it's going to be on a streaming service or on YouTube or something. But I definitely think we're going to our second pay per view, and I think if nothing is announced for weekly TV at this show, I think if they don't have anything, they need to just put it on YouTube because mm-hmm. we need to get we need to get things going. We can't just have random pay per views with boring Samoa Joe Jay lethal segments on AWTV. Uh, especially the tag division. There's no tag division. There's the champs, and that's basically mm-hmm. it, which kind of sucks. Um, but mm-hmm. as we alluded to earlier, uh, do you want to go straight into t- the triple tag? Of course. Okay, this was shocking to me. Yep, genuinely. And I, know it was shocking, I know it was shocking to Haley, too. Haley- <laughs> okay, so... Um, Prior to Wednesday, the Young Bucks were the AW World Tag Team Champions. They were in their second reign. And I think everybody understood that they were just going to be transitional champs. But most of us thought that they were going to be transitional champs for FTR at All Out. But that's not the case. So on Dynamite, we had a triple tag. It was the Young Bucks. It was uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. And then it was Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. And Swerve and Keith Lee are your new... AW World Tag Team Champions. I am, I'm still shocked. I'm like, yeah. listen, I didn't expect this. And I don't know if this means we're now we're not getting a payoff for the teased like split between Swervenly, or maybe we'll get that later if they lose the titles. Um, I don't really know. I thought if the titles were going to change hands, I thought it was going to be Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Yeah, Uh powerhouse Hobbs just because they've been a team for so long and I think they like they need to get to the next level but I'm happy by this result I thought this match was excellent though I really love seeing Swerve and Nick Jackson in that, that towards the towards the beginning of the match that sequence uh it was so good just step for step matching each other and that really helped Swerve I think yeah. elevate to the Young Bucks level right in the eyes of the fans of course I think he's already there but you know yeah. you know what I mean I thought this match was incredible. I think everyone looked insane. R- Ricky Starks and Nick Jackson, too. Nick Jackson took these two guys, and he says, come up to me. And they did it. Listen, they and Nick me.
1: Jackson does it every time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I preach every week.
0: <laughs> Haley is the biggest Young Bucks stan ever. But what most of you don't know is it's primarily Nick Jackson. It really is. Like like, wrestling-wise, wrestling-wise. She does love Matt, but wrestling-wise, Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson is such a special wrestler to me. I think he's as, you know, as insane as the Young Bucks are, you know, as highly praised and lauded and everything. I do think as an individual wrestler, I think Nick Jackson is underrated. I think people think he's all, like, flippy stuff and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I do think that he is a lot more athletic and a lot smarter than he gets credit for.
1: I agree. And while I think like Matt this is like <laughs> just diverting, but I just wanted to say I feel like um even though like Matt is like objectively better on the mic, like I mean Nick can hold his own too. That's it, that's true. And I um
0: I really think we got to see a lot of Nick's charisma uh and that spot where him and Ricky were on the top rope and they're walking towards each mm-hmm. other. And Ricky normally does that. He's, like, dancing. He's very Mm -hmm. charismatic. Ricky Starks is such a big personality. But Nick Jackson wasn't, like, shadowed by Ricky Starks Mm -hmm. at all. He, like, it was incredible to me. I think every team in this match came out looking better. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also did in the middle of the match. And this was what led me, um, I felt like, validated and thinking the Young Bucks would win. Uh, We did get another tease for Swerve turning on Keith Lee. But it it, it didn't pan and not like that, he like, he was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing it. Uh, and then they won the titles. So, and Haley and I were very surprised by this. And we were texting each other back and forth like, well, what do they do now? Where's FTR? What is, what is FTR going to do? Uh, so maybe we should talk about that for a little bit. What is next for Swerve and Keith Lee?
1: Well, see, I want them to have, a really long uh, reign and I really want it to pay off. But I'm wondering, because there were reports, and I didn't even notice this when I was watching the match, that um, Ricky got pinned, but he wasn't legal. And so I was like, ooh, they're going to set up another match. Are the Bucks going to win the titles back? And now I'm a little nervous. (laughs) I...
0: I'd see, I definitely think there's some credence to saying that the Young Bucks only won the belts because the Hardys, you know, Jeff with his, you know, DUI and all the unfortunate things there, they needed someone to step in. And then the Young Bucks are logical, you know, they're responsible, you can depend on them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I. It's interesting because to me, now the Young Bucks are clear and free to go do trios which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about in a minute with our next topic. But uh, what is the state of the AEW tag team division if you take out all the trios? That's Mm -hmm. that's something I think that not a lot of people have talked about. Because if you take out trios, you're left with Swerve and Lee, of course, uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, which they would both be excellent tag champs. Uh, You have FTR, who I think are going to win the belts next. Um, the acclaimed, but they're wrapped up with a Gun Club, so who knows? Uh, who else you got? You you can't even really say you have the Lucha Bros because they're in Death Triangle. That's a trio. Uh, you have Varsity Blondes. I mean, I guess you could say you have Darby and Sting, but like and you Hoke take Hook housing,
1: of- sort of. Not really. What happened of- to Hook housing? I
0: know where Where's they Hukhausen? go. <laughs> <laughs> now we have Hook doing promos backstage, like with Lexi, like. He's just yeah. doing nothing, eating chips. And you have Dan Housen hiding under the ring, cursing people. <laughs> when are we going to get our Hook Housen reunion?
1: <laughs>
0: it's so sad. I was so happy with Hook Housen. They finally came together, and then it was great. But before we go off on a hook tangent, uh, I just want to say, if you take out trios, because we've spent so long building a trio division, the tag division is in a weird spot. Mm-hmm. And – you, you Of course, there's many tag teams they could make. Like, Jericho Appreciation Society, you can make tag teams there. You know, you have Blackpool Combat Club, tag teams there. Blah, blah, blah. But if we do, like, a trios tournament or something like that, mm-hmm. a lot of talent is going to be tied up with that. And to me, like, the tag belts are now, like, they got it. They're just second place. Just not in the long term, of course. At least I hope not. But uh with regards to trios being introduced. So I'm, like... I'm excited for trios. I'm also worried for, like, the future of the tag division. And, like, in the long term, how are these two divisions going to mesh? I don't know. And I, ha- I think AW can do it, and they can do it well. And I think they need to because they have such a bloated roster. And trios can take up a lot of talent. They can shove anyone in there, and they'll be yeah. golden. I am just worried because ugh, FTR. And, see, a lot of people are like, well, when CM Punk comes back, there'll be a trio like, Punk and FTR, and I would like that, but also, like, FTR has been building to being AW tag champs, and now they're not going to win it from the Young Bucks.
1: Yeah. I don't know what we're doing here. I don't either. I'm scared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, there's so much going, so many moving parts, and, like, none of them make sense to me.
1: And, like, normally, like with like AEW like that's not really the case like yeah you know it just it felt really like sudden and like don't get me wrong i'm happy that swerve and our glory is champs um mm-hmm. but i'm just confused
0: <laughs> yeah i would definitely i don't know i i'm happy they're champs and i've known that they'll be great champs because they're both great wrestlers for sure undoubtedly and I don't want it to come across that we're dissing them in any way because we are on board we were so excited um but I thought our story was like set in stone we were going to do FTR Young Bucks the Young Bucks are going to be sad and lost and then they'll you know meet up with Hangman and they'll do their thing but now we're we're not that's not happening and a part of me wonders if maybe we had to get the Young Bucks out faster so that we can get the tag uh, trios done before all out. Cause all out is September 4th or 5th or something like that. Um, and, you know, it's July. So we really do have to get the ball rolling if we're going to do a tournament, but then also it's like, well, Adam Cole's out and CM Punk is out and Brian Danielson is out. So it's like, should we save trios for full gear? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, AEW has never been a company that's been um, mm, chaotic like this, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, where it's like there's so many things going on, and it's hard for, like, as a fan to piece them together in, like, a cohesive way. AEW has always been logical and cohesive. And even when we fantasy booked and we were wrong, like, we the stories they made were still, they still made sense. And now I'm not getting that. And it's specifically with the tag division. It's confusing. And I don't know where Swervingly, like, who's their next challenger? Mm -hmm. Like, it has to be FTR. They've been number one contenders for, like, weeks and weeks and
1: weeks. But it's like, FTR Young Bucks is the story. That's the story. And they've been teasing it on social media more. Like, and it just, it seemed logical that it was going to happen It All Out. (laughs)
0: And, and, you know, I did see a lot of people on Twitter saying, well, the Young Bucks are ducking FTR. Like, they dropped the titles so that they could duck FTR. But, like, it makes no sense because, mm-hmm. one, Nick Jackson said this is my only friend my mm-hmm. AW World Tag Team title belt. And, two, why would they purposely lose to duck FTR? Yeah. Because now, now FTR can become champs and, like, the Young Bucks are just, like, n- gonna ignore it? Like, And that it makes no sense. The dots are not connecting on that one.
1: I don't know. Because then, so say they did set it up and FTR faced Swerve in Our Glory and they won the titles. Then do the Bucks come back in? And is that like, do we get that? Like, then it doesn't really make sense to me because I feel like it would make more sense. To be the opposite way that FTR would win the titles off the Bucks, and like that's the payoff for yeah. the past like two years,
0: and it would make sense because um, each one, you know, FTR Young Bucks one, FTR Young Bucks two, that's like little pieces of the story building to the third match, and maybe mm-hmm. they want to push the match off until like next year at some point, like do some long term story, but yeah. I'm worried now. That we're going to get CM Punk and FTR versus the Hung Bucks. And that we're just going to have to be satisfied with that. Which don't hmm. get me wrong. Like, it would be good. It would be a good trios match. But, like, the big story here, and it has been the big story for literal years. <laughs> before. Yeah. It, this story's older than AEW. FTR really and, Hung Bucks. Yeah. and now, what, what are we doing? What are we, The FTR is on the babyface run of their life. And young yeah. bucks are on the precipice of their heel run, turning into, in my opinion, sympathetic baby faces as they reconcile yeah. with their long lost friend Hangman Page. And it's like this match, like there's no better time to do it than right now.
1: And we're right. just not gonna do it. Yeah. I feel like um, what- they always capitalize on it and the fact that it's not is like <laughs> aggravating me. The only way I could see it
0: realistically working out is if we don't get trios before all out. Yeah. And then we FTR wins the belt at all out from Swerve in our glory. And then we get FTR young bucks at grand slam, which is like, which is like three weeks after all out in, uh, I think it's in Queens, New York. Um, and that's a big show. Arthur Ashe stadium is a big stadium. Mm -hmm. It's basically a pay-per-view level show judging by last year with the first, um, edition. And it would be, they could do it there. It could be, you know, the Danielson-Kenny Omega for this year. It would be a big match. You could build it like that. But I don't know. Because FGR is clearly going to go over the Young Bucks. I think Mm -hmm. everyone can agree. But I just, it gives me a headache to think about. (laughs)
1: Same. Well, with that being said, do you want to talk about (laughs) our weekly Hung Bucks update since we've been kind of teasing it? (laughs) Yeah. So, so Haley, that Haley and I were talking about this episode. We were
0: planning it, working out the outline and everything. And I was like, basically, we're doing like a weekly Hung Bucks update. And that, listen, intentional, intentional or not, I think I feel like this is a thing now. Our weekly Hung Bucks update because we watch the content, we consume BTE, we're on Twitter, we watch the promos, we we give you oh. your Hung Bucks update. We <laughs> need like a little like graphic. <laughs> oh my gosh hold on should I make a banner really quick
1: <laughs> Okay. we'll have it ready for next week
0: <laughs> hold on so now do you, you want to talk about <laughs> um, hold on here we go Hung Bucks update love it so uh, should we, okay so listen so on dynamite, well, I'm gonna sound crazy for a second, but I need you all to follow me here, okay? Oh, are you gonna say what I think you're gonna <laughs> say? I'm, I'm gonna talk about Hangman Page on dynamite. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hangman comes on dynamite. He's doing a promo, and listen, this was absurd to me. Okay. He's wearing a headband. Yeah. He has on a Young Buck style shirt, tie dye, and yeah. he's looking. He, he has his hair in a bun, and he's very going Matt Jackson, and he's looking at his phone. Listen. Last week, or maybe it was the week before last week, on Being the Elite, Hangman Page had a segment with the Dark Order, and he talked about, you know, your friends, you go out on your own paths, but you always come back to your friends, and you love your friends, blah, blah, blah. And he said, wait, like, I'm I'm wrong. I'm, like, I'm not, t- like, basically saying, you know, ignore me. And he walked away. And then we got Matt Jackson in the text message. And now we get this. Hangman Page looking like a young buck on his phone, on Dynamite. Haley. BTE is canon. <laughs> Listen, if you, if you don't watch BTE, uh, it's fine because we'll tell you about it. Yeah. But, but also, I feel like you do miss critical storytelling elements. Like, you can watch the stories on Dynamite and Rampage and you can keep track and you'll be fine. But BTE gives you all these little, like, dramatic elements of the story, like Matt Jackson not sending the text. But... On BTE this week, do we see Matt Jackson send the text
1: message? I think I think we do. I think we do. Um I, I don't know. And see, people have to keep in
0: mind BTE that comes out this Monday was filmed mm-hmm. the week before. So theoretically, what we see, you know, tomorrow, because yeah, today's Sunday, tomorrow's Monday could have been filmed, like, last Monday. So we could see Matt Jackson and the Hangman Page secretly reconciling prior to the Dynamite segment.
1: Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I feel like these little teases are becoming too much for me. Like, I just... I need something <laughs> more. Like I need them in the same frame listen, it's early in the morning. Don't, don't start with me, guys. We are filming this so early in the morning. Look at my coffee.
0: I, listen, listen, not to go off on a tangent, but we normally film Saturday nights because it's just the time that works for both of us. But uh, the world decided that I was going to get a major thunderstorm and water spout, and we're like, and, like, Florida was going to be underwater for, like, eight
1: hours. So we're filming this early Sunday morning, so. Bear with us. <laughs> But, like, I just, I need, I need something more. I need more substance. um Yeah. I don't know. That outfit, though, like, really threw me for a loop. I was like, hangman. It's the headband. He didn't look it like is. hangman at all. No. And the bun, too. Like, the Matt Jackson style bun. Come on here. <laughs> Come Listen, on.
0: Listen. I tweeted it. And a lot of people told me that I was, like, being crazy.
1: You're not being I'm crazy. I'm not. That's not the I'm- same thing.
0: There's no way, knowing what I know about the Hung Bucks, well, all of the elite, and like how intentional everything they do is, I know for a fact at this point that we're 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 getting a story here with the Hung Bucks uh, whether it's trios, not trios. I don't know, but listen, it, the story's rapidly progressing, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm so ready. I'm so ready. I need Matt Jackson to send that text message.
1: I feel like he's going to. Um, but then, for me, that begs the question, like, when does Nick come around? You know? Because I feel like he's still, like, really hurt. Um, does he just follow his brother's lead? Is he, like, mm, like? does it take longer? Will we see more of that on BTE? I'm interested. I,
0: I wonder... Um, I wonder if part of the reason why Nick is so hesitant, well, it's because Hangman's, you know, screwed them over with the FTR thing. But also Nick and Kenny have always been super close. And I wonder if he's worried about how Kenny will perceive the Young Bucks and Hangman Page coming together in his absence. And then he comes back to AW and he sees that his spot in the, like the elite trio has been taken by Hangman Page, his former rival. So I think we're definitely like Kenny is there in this dynamic Mm -hmm. and I, I'm not saying Kenny's coming back. I don't know when Kenny's coming back, but I definitely think that's something to consider. And I think it's something that they'll factor into the story. Also Adam Cole and red dragon, wherever I don't know if they're into too. I don't know (laughs)
1: what's going on with
0: them, but when they, when they come back, hopefully fingers crossed, happy and healthy. Um, That's another thing to consider. What are they gonna say to the young bucks about this uh, alliance with Hangman Page? It's like there's so many ways that they can do the story and do it very well. And it's like they have these three members of the elite left who aren't injured, (laughs) and they're maximizing their time. They're like hang, they put Hangman Page on dynamite dressed as a young buck. They did, and
1: I'll not be when Matt got that stinger in that match on um, Wednesday. I was like, oh please. (laughs) <laughs> please like don't let it last like weeks. like please don't let it turn into something else like keep that man safe like protect him at all costs like i need the payoff to this right now
0: <laughs> and listen 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 this is how crazy i am this has this was probably not intentional this was just me reading into things but at the beginning of the tag uh the triple tag oh it Nick like goes to the middle rope and he's gonna do that moonsault he does off the apron. For a second, it looked like he was gonna do a buckshot lariat. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Go back and watch it and tell me that I'm crazy. Tell tell
1: me I'm crazy. But listen, it looked like a buckshot lariat. Okay, but listen, I feel like we're not like out of reach here because the Bucks do put little nuances into everything that they do. And, like, people don't pick up on it. Like, the shoe thing, like, that's a thing now? Yeah. Or, like, how Matt, um, I saw on Twitter, I don't remember who, it's somebody I follow, though. They said that they knew when the Bucks were gonna lose because of the way that Matt did his hair. (laughs) Like, if he wore it a certain way, that meant they were gonna lose, and then they lost. (laughs) So, like, you know? So, someone make
0: us a compilation. Prove that this is true. Because now I'm intrigued.
1: I'm gonna have to go back and find that tweet. I don't remember.
0: But um back to the Nick Jackson point, because I do think um it's really interesting that Matt is the one mm-hmm. who is spearheading the pro hangman movement because Matt and Hangman have always been not rivals, but they're like big personalities and they do clash. But now it's like Matt Matt who's like, listen, friend. Like I think this has gone on long enough, like Let's do something here. That's like a baby. And, like, <laughs> and, and Nick's like, all I need is my belt. <laughs> I don't need anyone. So it's like. He's it's
1: friends so when I have my tag belt.
0: And now he doesn't have it. He has no friends <laughs> anymore. <laughs> except, except, except for his brother. That's like all he has is his brother. Oh,
1: oh I'm my so God. Sorry. That's-, that's horrible.
0: Maybe that's why he'll accept Hangman, he's like, I have Maybe. no friend. He's like, you know
1: what, I do need a friend. <laughs> and then you're the only one I got. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I think the story's so interesting, and I'm, I'm so happy it's picking up. And if you don't believe that the Hangman thing was a Young Bucks thing, we're going to prove you wrong. And uh, yes. I think Being the Elite is going to prove you wrong. I think we're going to get some interesting things
1: on Being the Elite this week. I do too. And then... On Dynamite 2. I'm gonna be watching now, watching like a hawk, <laughs> I'm to be like looking for all the details. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna watch it. On, I'm gonna watch it on like half speed, and I'm gonna get my magnifying glass, and I'm gonna just watch every detail. Listen, I, I don't put anything past these people. I don't either. They they are so, like if you were a fan of the Young Bucks in the Ring of Honor days, you know that being the elite, it, it, it's basically. Canon for their in-ring stuff. And there's, like, so much crossover and so much detail. You know. Watch Being the Elite. That's the takeaway this week. That's the takeaway. Um, and also support the Hung Um, And also, uh Trios belts win. Hopefully soon. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do a poll on Twitter. And maybe I'll have it go live when this episode goes live. Trios belts before All Out or after All Out? That's that's the thing here. I think we're getting trio spells this year. I think the division's ready. And I don't think we can wait for Kenny Omega anymore. So before all out, after all out, I'll put a poll up when this episode goes live. You guys can go vote on that on my Twitter. Uh, let me take this off so you can see it. <laughs> At for underscore Kylie. There's go go vote in my poll. I love a good poll. She loves anyway. doing
1: polls all the time.
0: I, I do polls all the time. And it's well one is because I like knowing what you guys think about things. Yeah. And also uh, I just think it, it's really interesting to see how other people see tag team wrestling. But now we're going to go into the negative part of this week, and um,
1: like always, it's WWE shocking. Oh, look, we, it's not that we want it to be like we <laughs> we really put faith in this company more than we should probably, and it always bites us in the ass. I think, I think people
0: genuinely think that I I will... First of all, I don't watch WWE. I will watch like highlights and clips and things. Mm-hmm. I'll follow the stories. Yeah. But I don't watch it weekly because I literally cannot. But I think a lot of people think when I talk about WWE, I do it with the intent like, nitpick and find things wrong. But it's just not the case. It's just really that bad. Um, and what, <laughs> to me... The tag division is the greatest example of that. And so I wanted to talk about the Usos. Because um, mm-hmm. what is happening? <laughs> but, okay. The Usos are like, what are they calling them? Like the unified tag champs? Yeah. Like universal tag champs, whatever. Unified, yeah. But they're losing a lot. Yeah. And they have a match with the Street
1: Profits. And a special guest wrath is Jeff Jarrett. <clears throat> it seems really random, but like. I feel like just because it's WWE, like, it's just supposed to be, like, a fun thing, like, whatever. Like, it's not supposed to make sense. But here's my here's my problem with that. I feel like the Usos' entire
0: reign has not made sense. Yeah. And I feel like they're very, very weak. I feel like they're very, very weak champions right now. I feel like their entire reign, even though they have, you know, like, both sets of tag belts, I think they've been treated as, like, Roman's little henchmen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, Their tag title run doesn't matter as much as, like, Roman's, like, grand run. And the Street Profits, I feel like, are also a team that are constantly underestimated, um, always undermined. They're never in a good spot. And, And I think the Street Profits have the potential to be, like, one of the greatest tag teams in the world. Because I think they're both, you know, super talented. And I think everything is there. But it's like they're in WWE. So <laughs> there's only so much they can do, uh, save for the Usos, for that matter. But I think this Jeff Jarrett thing is kind of a slap in the face. I'm not going to lie. Um,
1: <laughs> I think it's really random, but I mean, whatever. My biggest question is, will we finally see the payoff between the Usos and the Street Profits and are we going to see the Street Profits become champs? Or is this where they're going to break up? Because I'm a little terrified that that's what's going to happen. And while I think that Dawkins, I feel like a lot of people underestimate him. um, Proven in the Money in the Bank match. um, Mm -hmm. Really great match. But I feel like a lot of people underestimate him. And I think he could have a great singles run himself. But I don't think it's the time right now to split them up. I, I would like to see them as champs. And I feel like that could create a great rift in the bloodline story as well. And maybe see the Usos turn on Roman. I don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting
0: because there are reports that uh, Solo Sokoa from NXT, yeah. who is the Usos' brother, who looks just like them, by the way. They look like yes. they're not. They're not. But And and uh, there are reports that he's going to be called into the main roster. Now, there's no like confirmation he's going to be part of the bloodline, but whatever. But, like, with how much he looks like the Usos, if you don't put him with the Usos, people are going to be very confused. I'm sorry, but he has to. Um, And I don't know, that throws an interesting sort of wrench into this Bloodline story, because you have the Usos, and you have Solo Sokoa. But, like, well, first, WWE doesn't have trios. But, like, what do you do with him? Like, if if the Usos lose the belts, and they have their, like, I think he's their younger brother. The younger brother comes up and he's like, hey, like, I'm new on the main roster. Like, does Roman accept this newcomer into the bloodline? Does Roman reject him because he, like, wants to keep the Usos on his side? Like, what's the story here? And, like, the Street Profits, to me, are just, like, a side piece to that. Yeah. Which is a shame because the Street Profits, I think, are an excellent tag team. I think they have great matches with the Usos. And I do, it does feel like they're going to split up, and I don't want that.
1: I feel like whenever we get excited about things, we should just start expecting the opposite. I'm like, yeah, like, I What's want them to It means that they're going to lose, and they're going to split up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and I'm sorry if that sounds, like, super negative, but, like, listen, I'm tired of giving them the benefit of the doubt. So if I can, if I say the opposite, maybe I'll be, like, pleasantly surprised. But if I'm not, you know what, then... That's-
0: that's a good plan. If we like anticipate the worst, then when something good happens, it'll be even better. I like Exactly. exactly. Um I don't know what they're going to do with the street profits. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with the usos for that matter. You know, we have Roman Brock again. Which is a, always a good time, of course. I I I I so um, but there's also reports that Roman is like wanting to do more stuff with like Hollywood and movies and acting and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I don't know what the plan is here. If Roman's going to be Brock, if Brock's going to be Roman, um, I really don't know. And it like, we're building to, <laughs> to like a pay-per-view and it's like, like, what is going on here? I have no idea what is happening with anything. It's like, everything is so up in the air specifically with the bloodline. Um, but the reports of Solo, Sokoa, it's going to be like the end of July, maybe maybe August. Uh, he'll come up to the main roster. I think he's ready. When I see mm-hmm. him, I saw him at uh, an NXT house show, and he was by far the most cheered person. People love Solo. Um, oh, now he's not going to be Solo because he's going to be in the bloodline, probably. I don't know what's going on there. But um, I don't know. I feel like... The tag division is just empty and it's a barren wasteland. And there's no intention. There's no story. It's all just sort of
1: there. And it sucks because, and I don't want to like bring this up, but I feel like they were starting to kind of like further like greaten the tag divisions. And then like in the past, like, year with all the cuts and everything now they're all gone. So it's like Yeah, while, while um, like, Hello Breezango. To- you remember yeah. Fashion well, Files? I, listen. Listen, <laughs> listen. They were my favorite part of the shows. <laughs> Honestly, maybe that's the thing. That's when I stopped watching. <laughs> they got released. <laughs> like that's when I
0: stopped. Listen. Listen, Haley, when I tell you when Breezango um basically got demolished on the main roster and didn't win anything, even though they should have. Uh, Well, first of all, their feud with the Usos was incredible. If you disagree, then you completely misunderstood the story there. But when they went back to NXT and they had that reunion and Dango came, he saved Tyler Breeze, and they won the tag belts, that was an incredible story. And they both got released. How do you release Breezango? Who consistently gave you the most entertaining segment on SmackDown for weeks with the Fashion Files. Like, day, day one is H? That was hilarious. And now and you the- have... <clears throat> Go ahead. I was just going to say, Tyler Breeze isn't really wrestling anymore. Um, uh, He teaches wrestling. Uh, I don't know if he ever has plans to wrestle. I don't know what the story there is. And then you have Dirty Dango who's wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it's like, WWE could easily scoop them up and put them together and throw them at the Usos, and it would be great. And we wouldn't have to worry about the Street Profits getting split up. Exactly, And I feel like I feel like we're always in this position where it's like, are they finally going to give the Usos, like, are they finally going to elevate someone to the Usos level, like, as a mainstay in the tag division, someone who's not the New Day? I'll throw that out there. And it never happens. So we get the Uso versus the New Day, like, on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, on repeat for years. But it's like, Street Profits are there. Like, all you got to do is, like, pull the trigger once, and they're mainstays, and you can put them in anything, and they'll be great. And I feel like Brisango could have been that. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, now I'm reminiscing about Brizango and how incredible they were. People loved Brizango. Yes. I'm so, now I'm now I'm really angry. This is our WWE rant segment. Um, by the way, that's what I've titled it on my outline, WWE rant. Uh, and I feel like we do one every week. But it's like, every week is something different. And I think that's a problem. <laughs> like, now it's for Tango. <laughs> like, like, the fashion police? Like, I know. what happens? What happens? I miss it. And now, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers, the Big E, but we have the Usos and the Street Profits. And, like, that's the tag division, basically. Because uh, the New Day is kind of, like, MIA for a bit. Okay. And so much in the way of, like, Ring of Honor, like we talked about earlier, WWE really needs to invest some time in making people, making tag teams that can always be dependent on, that are not the Usos. You need tag teams that you don't feel the urge to split up. And I think it's clear they feel the urge to split up the Street Profits. So, like, like, you have Usos, you have New Day, and, you know, they make a ton of money. That's why they stay together. But, like, it's scripted programming, yeah. Like you could make another Usos, and it'd be easy. Like all you'd have to do, it'd be so easy. You almost did it
1: with Brazango. You almost did it. And like my thing too is like the Usos and the New Day like aren't gonna be around forever. So when they're gone, then what? <laughs> yeah, it's like you have no tag division at that point. Like what? Just like what else? I guess. Like, <laughs>
0: you boy. well first of all they need to unify them and have one set of tag belts i think Mm -hmm. i think having two divisions doesn't help um well there's tag teams in nxt that they could call up but like i don't think the fans i don't think a lot of people watching raw and smackdown watch nxt 2.0 um so i don't know how you would do big debuts anymore like remember back in the day like you could throw kevin owens on Mm -hmm. uh, TV with John Cena and like the fans were there because they loved Kevin Owens and they watched NXT but now it doesn't feel that way to me and like I don't know how we're gonna do developmental if the fans aren't watching NXT 2.0 like hmm, I don't know like of course they probably know the stars like Cora oh my god it's another rant Uh, like Mm. Cora and Roxanne and Mandy and Braun Breaker but like I don't know, tag tag team decay across the board for WWE. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think overall I think AW's tag division as chaotic and as directionless it might feel, I have no doubt that there is a direction. And I give AW the benefit of the doubt because they have never really like gone wrong mm-hmm. in a serious way with with most things. Uh, WWE though, I give them the benefit of the doubt, and they slap me in the face. Yeah. So that's that's where we are with tag team wrestling. Yeah. Uh, if you are if you are curious.
1: <laughs> well, speaking uh, of other another thing that slapped us in the face while we're ranting about WWE, um, would you like to talk about Cora and Roxanne? I guess.
0: <laughs> listen. Listen. I'm. This is another thing I'm perplexed by. Yeah. I... What? I have no thoughts. Like, I'm so confused.
1: I... um, So, it's giving me, like, shades of Ambrose and Rollins in 2018 when Ambrose turned. When they... um, Yeah. uh, Won the tag titles. Um... And I don't know if I, I like that. Like, I I like it that they're kind of creating, like, a frenemies storyline. I think that those tend to do very well, and I think that both of them um, would really elevate it. I think that they're both great wrestlers. I'm, I'm not – I don't I'm agree with it being done so soon, though. They just won the titles. <laughs> yeah. And I don't –
0: and, you know, as much as I do love them as a tag team – I think it's undeniable that the Ambrose Rollins story was so deep and so complex because of you know the shield and like yep. uh, basically growing up together in WWE, and I think they're sort of forcing that you know relationship complexity onto these two women, which they're great wrestlers and you know they do you know they wrestle great together blah blah blah, but it's like so. Ambrose and Rollins was so natural to me and the way that they interacted with each other and the way that they sort of developed that relationship and their personalities. And to me, and this is probably the issue with a lot of WWE stories, there's nothing natural about most things on these shows. And I think Cora and Roxanne is an example of that, where they're put together as a tag team because they're both young and they're both, you know, like spunky and like now, I'm supposed to buy into the fact that they have something that is like on that level. Like, they just got together as a tag team. And like, we haven't seen any bumps in the road for them. There's been, they haven't really been tested a lot. Like, we haven't seen them overcome a lot. So it's, it's one, it's a shocking turn for Cora. And two, it's like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for her. Like, if it was, if the story was the other way around, maybe, like, we could, like, close our eyes and pretend, like, the story's there. But I don't know. Like, this is
1: such a bad decision to me. My question is, do you think that this was what they were going to go with with uh, Sasha and Naomi? And then they were just like, you know what? We're just going to throw it on the NXT Tech Champs. <laughs> I, you know what? I I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and see, it, like,
0: it it always boggles my mind because they have a natural relationship like that with Sasha and Bailey. And you remember back like a few years ago when they were like teasing a split up, but yeah. they were like, "Oh no, I love you, I love you," and they made up and like that was it. Like we didn't get the story. It's giving that, it but is. like, but like you, I don't know. Like you want these big tag team stories with these tag team breakups. And that's very much a WWE trope that they like to pull out a lot. And sometimes mm-hmm. it works well, like Ambrose and Rollins. Um, but, like, sometimes it, you have the story right in front of your face, like Sasha and Bayley, and you don't do it. And then you have Sasha and Naomi, which it would work. I don't think it would have the impact of Sasha Bailey, Bayley. But it would work. And then, like, we get this whole situation. Which, so, we didn't even bring up Sasha Banks, but Sasha Banks took a C2-E2 uh Booking for, like, it's a signing or something. Mm -hmm. Um, A meet and greet, something along those lines. So, and she went by her real name, her shoot name, not Sasha Banks. So, listen, the Sasha Banks' released conspiracy is gaining traction rapidly. So, I don't think we're ever, ever going to get a resolution to the Sasha Naomi story. But it is what it is. And also, not to get off track from the NXT women's tag titles, but... The main roster tag women's tag titles are doing nothing, and there's They're reports vapor. that like talent. Yeah, there's reports that like talent were like told that there's going to be like a tournament, to, you know, because the, t- the titles are still vacant, by the way. Uh, and now it's like there's no news on anything happening, and they've broken up most of the tag teams. So like, are the t- are the titles dead? Like, are they just going to like quietly retire them? It's or this are point they I feel like it should be. I mean, yeah.
1: they are weren't moms, really doing like, anything with them anyway
0: part of me feels like maybe they're waiting to see if they can re-sign Sasha and Naomi. Uh, Which I don't know if Naomi's released. I should probably say that. I think it's pretty clear Sasha is out. Um, Maybe they feel like they can Zelina Vega it and, like, get them to re-sign somehow. I don't know. Uh, I'm just... (laughs) I'm so disappointed in these women tag titles. Like, when you remember when they introduced them and I was like, oh my god, yes. Finally. It took, like, 20 years, but We're here. We're here finally learning. doing something with the women's divisions yes and then it was like oh uh, like we started off hot we had great tag teams we had we had sasha bailey we had the Iconics. like our division was set and then it, now it's like there's no iconics bailey's out sasha's not here anymore like there's no tag division and now the belts are like gone and now what a letdown is there a bigger failure in wwe history than the women's tag titles and like all of this in like four to five years by the way yes like every title has like peaks and valleys like there's times where it feels meaningless and times where it feels like it's the center of the world uh these were just like it was like a little mini peak like a little spark of hope and then it was like and now we're like underground like we're not even in the valley
1: we're like beneath the (laughs) valley like
0: like, the, the valley is like the US title and like we're below that
1: I just I don't know anymore I can't like
0: our WWE rants, um, we try to be positive about WWE. You guys don't
1: even know. Like, it's really it's- frustrating. Like, every week we're, like, we get so excited when, like, something good happens and we can talk about it. And then, like, like literally when the Cora and Roxanne thing happened, the two days after our episode came out, they split up, and we were so mad about it. Yeah. I
0: – and and listen, we don't – approach this like thinking we're gonna like hype up aew like we try to be fair and i think we did give a lot of fair criticism to aew this week but it's like we try so hard to like wwe you guys don't even know and like it's not like we can just leave them out of the show because it's like tag team wrestling and like this is important to tag team wrestling but like listen come on if you guys listen listen give us WWE, give us something to talk about And and maybe next week, if it's all negative, we'll just leave WWE out. I don't know.
1: What do you guys think? (laughs) If the Street Profits win, I will throw a party. (laughs) And, like, nothing bad happens. Like, it's just a clean win. Like, just give me something. (laughs) Listen, I'm here for it. I'm here
0: for it. Well, we'll, listen. Every week, you'll get a hung box update. uh, Because... because Lord knows we need that need that little bright light, and you'll probably get a WWE analysis. Everything whether else up positive, in the positive. <laughs> whether it's positive or negative, we'll see. Yeah. but that being said, that was this week's episode of Tag Talk. We really got through a lot. Um, let us know what you guys thought, um, mm-hmm. and also uh, don't forget to go vote in my poll about the yes. trio's tag titles. Uh, sorry if we're off this week. We're both very, very tired. It's very early in the morning. Um, but we're here for you guys. We
1: love doing the show. And we love you guys.
0: Haley, do your plugs.
1: Well, as always, you can follow me on Twitter right there um, just to find out everything that I'm doing. That's that's my plug. Uh,
0: you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore um, Kylie. I have a couple things this week. So go to Twitter to find those. Uh, You can see me every Sunday at 5 here on Tag Talk with my good friend, or my bestie, Haley. She's right there. She'll also be here every week. She didn't mention that, but she will be here every week. Uh, You can see see me every Monday at 3 on the Body Slam Net YouTube channel for the Code of Honor podcast, uh, where me and my other bestie, Kyle, break down Ring of Honor news, Ring of Honor history, Ring of Honor matches, Everything. Ring of Honor. Uh, oh, yeah. Subscribe to Fightful Overbook. Like this video. Comment below. Um, engage with us on Twitter. Go vote in my poll. Go support everyone else on Fightful Overbook. There's some amazing content on here and you it guys should be watching it. Uh, we, I want to, you know, just go ahead and tell you there's a lot of new shows that have come out recently. Go give them some love. They all deserve it. And yeah. Uh that's all we have for you this week. Uh we're so dead. We're so we're a little dead on the inside. Listen, I stayed up really late. I was waiting for the thunderstorm to stop, and it didn't stop for like eight hours. So I was like, okay, I'm going to bed. Um but <laughs> but yeah, um uh, we'll see you guys next week.